Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Serious Issues, a monthly podcast about comic books. Mm-hmm. Uh, my name is Andrew Levins. My name is Siobhan Coombs. And it's a dark day for Serious Issues. <laughs> uh, because this could be the last you hear Siobhan for a little, little while. A little, little bit. Yeah, yeah. What selfish reason are you, uh, are you using to I'm take I'm creating the life. All right, guys? <laughs> Ugh, While you're all so sitting like around... You. Doing nothing. I'm literally creating life like some kind of god. Is that is that an appropriate way to? Yeah, talk definitely. About it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got you got another baby about to come out. Yep, <laughs> about to come out. Yeah. <laughs> of your nose. About of my nose. That's how babies. That's where babies come from. Um, I am so excited to not be pregnant anymore. Pregnancy is terrible. Everyone, <laughs> don't do it. Don't, What's worse, pregnancy or heroes in crisis? <laughs> I understand pregnancy more than I understand heroes in crisis. I don't really understand what happened there at all. Do we say our names yet? Yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah, How yeah. about do we say that every comic that we talk about on this episode, you can find at King's Comics in Sydney. Yep. Uh, 403 George Street, Sydney. For now. <laughs> For now. Moving and then moving again. Yes. Um, but uh, kingscomics.com is uh, the place that they never move from. You can find all the comics that we talk about online there. Mm-hmm. And uh, in some cases, no matter where you live in the world, they ship everywhere. Yep. Um, if, if your comic book store is sold out, chances are King's probably has a copy. Yeah, and, and we can track it down for you. That's right. And this week we have 40% off selected Harley Quinn merchandise. I just discovered that. That's weird. Yeah, know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you might want to, I don't know, uh, uh, pick if you ha- If uh, you Harley had thing. to... If you had to have a massive statue of Harley Quinn in your house, yep. what like what would it be her doing? Or like what era? Um, what uh, I mean like serious answer. Like I'd have to have the Bruce Tim design and okay, just right. have it be okay, like sure. some cute thing from the animated series. You don't because want any the, uh, other version is like a bit horrifying to You don't me. want the, the, the movie realistic Suicide Squad version? Yeah, I want the version. Suicide Squad yeah, version. Yeah, cool, I want so a life-size Margot Robbie <laughs> in my house. <laughs> but just as any one of her other characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not as Harley. I don't think that's her best role Wolf, by any Wolf means. Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> <laughs> what else has she even done? I don't know. Um, something else funny. She's, anyway. very, she's very talented. Guys, we don't talk about comic book movies on this podcast. Because I don't watch them. Or I do watch them and then I hate them and no one wants to hear about that. <laughs> we do talk about comic books themselves though. And hey. uh, every episode of Series Issues, we kick off with First Things First, where we review all of the number one issues, the brand new series that started that we read in the last month. And uh, we got a killer first one for mm. you this week. Mm-hmm. This is Silver Surfer Black. 
Um, it is the latest uh, new Marvel number one by Donny Cates, they want a, a writer that Marvel is uh, treating like a king lately, and yeah. for good reason. All these comics are kind of fun and creative and all tie together in a, in a fun way. Yeah. Um, but what we're really excited about with this comic is this is the return to Marvel for one of our favorite artists, and that is the great Trad Moore. The incredible Trad Moore. Good uh, lord. Who, who we so last good. saw on that Alice Scott book, which was called... The New World. The New World. That was great. Um, we were massive fans of him. What was a three-part... Uh, series he did with uh, Luther Strode. Luther Strode. Luther Strode series. How, this is how come I've got pregnancy brain, not you. <laughs> but he, like, I only remember comics. That's comics. great. That's the only thing I can remember at the moment. He did an excellent uh, Venom one shot. Yeah, that was incredible. Ago. I wish I had a copy of that. I kept mine. I was yeah. like, hot shit. Dumb dumb. Um, and also his Ghost Rider. His Ghost Rider was so. I remember good. that. Yeah. Now who's pregnant? <laughs> Uh, but Silver Surfer Black uh, is the combination of Tony, Donny Cates, Tradmore, and Dave Stewart on colours too. That's a good team. It's an amazing team. And this is an incredible issue that uh, in spite of spinning out of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, a run that even I stopped reading just because yeah. I was just over the Guardians to be honest. Yeah. Um, uh, but and this this has constant references to like issue four or five of Guardians, and has lots of moments where it's like find out where these guys end up by reading this. And yeah. Oh, oh. It's like which is normally like pretty like oh this isn't very like this doesn't feel like its own thing. Um, it does a good job of like explaining those things without having it be totally confusing. Otherwise, I think I hope I'm too sort of involved in comics to be able to really tell from outside yeah but totally yeah, so i think it i think it stands by itself some big shit went down in the guardians of the galaxy issue and um silver surfer has been left drowning and unmoored in an endless void we've all been there yes please um and so this is like him uh, initially saving a bunch of heroes i was really bummed that he saved beta ray bill not because i wanted beta ray bill to die i wanted beta ray bill and silver surfer to team up in a Tradmore drawn adventure that would be pretty incredible and hopefully that's what we get next um <laughs> but uh yeah so this is basically um yeah silver surfer saving his friends and then like dissolving and recreating himself in a dark void mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and uh, using every single ounce of the uh power, power cosmic power cosmic uh within him to to save himself um and, and save a world that is about to be destroyed it was a really um i think donny cates does a good job of like uh encapsulating that sort of two sides of the surfer of like he was this he was the herald of galactus and now he serves the greater good yeah that sort of conflict within him we often see silver surfer like you know oh no i I do good now but we very we don't not as often see him regret his past Mm -hmm. and this has him like yeah like really Having a big old cry, focusing on it, but it's a big baby. It looks so goddamn good. Yeah, it's so it's really gorgeous. Like, to be totally honest, I'm not like I think Donny Cates does a great job, but you want this book because of how it looks more than definitely what the story actually is. The story is like a fairly normal Silver Surfer story. Totally, Uh, but then it ties in at the at the end. There's a big reveal um, where Silver Surfer crash lands on like a planet and um, stands uh, at, at a big door. And wh- when it opens, who should uh, grab him and, and, and hold him um, off his feet? But uh, an enormous, monstrous, ancient creature called Null, who you will know if you've read Donny Cates' Venom book. And that was like this, like, I could not believe how good the first eight issues of, uh, of Donny Cates' Venom run were mm-hmm. because it kind of suggested that the symbiote has, uh, has existed for millions of years and uh, initially stems from this, like, ancient like weirdo called Null. Mm. Um, and uh, it was cool to see him come back because I kind of stopped being interested in Donny Cates' Venom run when 
all of that like super crazy cosmic history stuff disappeared from it book and it became like a kind of angsty my 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 dad is a dick book <laughs> Um, I, I sort of wish that Donny Cates' work wasn't always so self-referential because I, I think sometimes it can be a little bit like if you haven't read every single one of his books, you're like, like the impact of that. I knew who Null was, but not because I'd read any of the Venom comics just through osmosis. So, um, I'm called Levins. It- <laughs> I'm not osmosis. I, 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 I recap <laughs> comics that you don't read with you once a month. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, but so it didn't necessarily have the like same impact for me, but it was like, I mean, it's still great. It's still great. And it looks incredible. I like could have been anyone. I wouldn't have cared, you know? Mm. Yeah. Like you pitch like a, an insane cosmic ride comic where like, you know, the majority of it is spent like in a black hole and, and like, you know, characters being rendered to blobs and then mm. rendering themselves back to non blobs. I can't think of a better artist than Treadmore to do that. Absolutely. And uh, this was fun. I don't know. Is it a limited series? Is, I, I assume so. I'm gonna, I think let, so. Let's take a guesstimate. Five issues. I guess five this, issues. I'm going to say six. Pooh, bold. Very bold. Six. Okay, six I'm issues. Right. All right. Silver Silver Black gets a big recommendation. I think you can definitely enjoy it, even if you have not been reading all of Donny Kate's Marvel stuff. Yeah. Um, I've, I, I've been even doing my toe in and out of everything. Um, but uh, if you have been reading it all, I'm sure this is a very rewarding read. And I managed to convince one of the girls who comes along to Queens of Kings has never read a Marvel comic. She has been reading DC comics for over 30 years. She's just like, hardcore DC. And she picked that up because it looks so good. And she was like, it's my first ever Marvel comic. That's insane. Which I was like, cool. <laughs> That's wild as hell. Yeah. It's cool. How could you like survive the New 52? <laughs> Determination and love of Wonder Woman. We'll yeah, get okay, you through, okay, we'll that, get you through sure. many things. All right, sure. Um, so speaking of DC, they released a big uh, first issue for their... Uh, no, it's not an event. It's a. Uh, it's a. It's a, it's, a I mean, it's literally called Event Leviathan. That's true. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> but it's not. It's not an event in the sense. It's not a crisis. That's true. You know what I mean? This is. Uh, a, it's a six-issue mystery thriller, uh, written by Brian Michael Bendis and regular collaborator Alex Maleev. It is lovely to see Alex Maleev on a DC book. Yeah, um, this uh, was actually quite an understated book. I was not expecting it to be as kind of like. It's like weirdly calm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's quite like, um, like oh, gently paced. Yes, it's a nice, slow. like, slow introduction to the to the story, maybe. And what is that story, Siobhan? So, guys, DC Universe has a lot of secret societies, but the worst one, or the something one, is Leviathan, and they've taken down in one day all of the others. So there's no more Spiral. The DO is down. Cobra, Task Force X is dead. fucked. Advanced Cobra. Research Group. Oh, Argus. Argus, Argus dead. Um, only Leviathan remains, and they're trying to take down... Argus's Superman. logo is shitty. Yeah, it is bad, isn't it? Because you can't even tell what the name is. DEO is not for it. Like, like that's just, just a font. It's just, yeah, it's just a font. Task Force X, pretty rad. Yeah. And Cobra, definitely the best of them all. <laughs> Agreed. We've ranked them. Done. Um, but this is like... I, I quite enjoyed this because those are sort of corners of the DC Universe that I really enjoy. I love a good secret society. I've just been staring at the logos and now I've come around and I think the Argus logo is the best logo. <laughs> but its I don't know why it's a its like a sideways V with an eye, eye peeping out. Because they're looking at you out of their vaginas. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Trevor, always watching via vagina. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, um, all of the yeah, all all of the secret organizations have been disbanded by Leviathan, and uh, this book uh, introduces us to Batman inter- interrogating Lois Lane. They suspect each other. Mm. Maybe one of them is Leviathan. They come across Steve Trevor, 
maybe he's Leviathan. Um, and then we have like a recount of what happened that day. Steve Trevor like escaped an explosion um, in what was to be the new Argus headquarters. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and then uh, who else shows up? Ollie Queen. Ollie yep. Queen, Green Arrow is there. And um, they all split each other, but they're going to try and work, like uh, meet somewhere else and figure out. Like they, they realize that they've been set up to be suspect, suspected to be Leviathan themselves. Can't trust anybody. Absolutely. <laughs> and as they walk away, who should be watching them this whole time? But the question. I love that. I love that reveal. Who do you reckon the question is? Surely it's the question. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, is it? Is it? There have been multiple questions over the years. Is it Renee Montoya? Um, I thought it looked like quite a mask question. So I assumed it was, was it Vic? Currently, yeah, yeah, Vic. Time for a reread of 52, I guess. <laughs> I can't remember the question's name. Actually, there was a lot of um, Rucker love in this book. I mean, obviously, just all the, all the secret organizations yeah. is, uh, is very, very his specialty. Like, th- that was certainly how I was introduced to all these weird organizations. Absolutely. And I, so there are a bunch of, like, new DC books starting. And Ruck is writing one of them. Writing the Lois Lane book, which is like that's great. I'm is, so excited. Is that going to spin out of this? I guess. Or? Yeah, yeah. So there was that event Leviathan like one shotty thing. I think I recently. read that. I can't remember if I did. Um, and it um had like a little preview of this, and then also one like a short story for the from Jimmy the Olsen. Jimmy Olsen, and then which is a Matt, Matt Fraction on that Matt one. Matt Fraction, Steve Lieber one. Oh fuck, that sounds great. Yeah, it's really good. I didn't pick that up. I, I th- yeah, it was cool. I think I got confused with that weird DC villains one shot. Which was less good. Yes. Um, But uh, I'm going to read this. This this was just like a cool cool book featuring some characters that I like that I wish would kind of hang out more. Absolutely. Batman was like his least brooding. He wasn't even brooding that much in this book. He was just a detective. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He was just detecting, which I love. And I like the team up of like these characters and I like that it's going to take place over one night, I think. That's kind of what they were saying. Right. Um, I think that, yeah. And Superman's nowhere to be seen. It's nice and... Succinct. It's only six issues. I'm I'm all in. Yeah, me too. Um, this is the Bendis book that I wanted from DC. Yeah, which a uh, rocker book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah, Malieve draws the hell out of it. It looks excellent. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It's very like gloomy and moody, and draws a good Lois Lane. Yeah, Let me sure. think how much I missed uh, Bendis and uh, Malieve's um, Doctor Doom as Iron Man. Run. Oh yeah, that was really good. Yeah, I never read it because I was annoyed by the concept. You want, go back and read it now that, now that you know it's completely finished and will never be referenced again. <laughs> yeah. It was only like Is he, 12 is he a bad issues? guy again? Does anyone know? Does I anyone guess care? so. I think he's in Fantastic Four. We're not reading that. Uh, no, yeah. I'm not reading that. Um, so uh, I got an image number one this week. Um, this is a series that I've never read before. Uh, oh. It's a return of a long, long-running series called The Ride. Um, and the latest iteration of it is called Burning Desire. Now, I, I, I didn't read it because I had any memory of what The Ride um, is. I read mm-hmm. it because... It's uh, written by Doug Wagner with art by Daniel Hilliard. Um, and if those names sound familiar to you, they actually wrote and drew one of our favorite books of two years ago called Plastic. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So Plastic was this like wow, really all about plastic. great fucked up crime fiction real book. Real super weird about a dude who was in love with a plastic doll. Like a real doll. Yeah, well, she was even just like a he was, doll. He was in love with the concept of plastic, I think. Mm. Yeah. Um, and he was like this like just an unbelievably... Weird anti-hero. Yeah. That was a brilliant book. That was really good. So I picked this up because uh, cool. I knew that that was the same creators. And then there's even a backup story featuring art by Adam Hughes. <sighs> and it's like... It's very Adam Hughes. Yeah. There was a naked lady. Naked lady who ends up killing everybody. Good Hooray. Um, but uh, this referenced all kinds of uh, things that happened in the previous oh, okay. uh, volumes of The Ride, which I think date back to like the 90s. Um, so... 
I'm very, very intrigued because obviously we love plastic. I uh, maybe mm-hmm. I should go read the ride since there are only two volumes of it. Okay, um, that's achievable. They, 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 the, the initial run was like only two issues long. Um, so uh, yeah, I, 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 might, I might go check it out. But uh, I don't know if this weird description of a book that I didn't understand is enticing to anyone to check out. Maybe check out Plastic for sure. Definitely check out Plastic. That was a weird, fun book. But yeah, at some point in my life, I'm going to read all of the ride. Nice. What do you have to say about that, Siobhan? Absolutely nothing. It is how much shorter is First Things First now that Image are putting out way less number ones. Oh, and I'm also like, I, I, I pick some up. I think like when, when, the way we're used to this show, I would read the number one no matter what. Yeah. Now I'm like... A lot of these look like shit. No, or it's just like <laughs> if something is clearly not for me. Like I yeah. even I even picked up the um, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo new Batman book. Oh yeah, you and didn't I got read a, it. Got a few pages into it, and I was just like, like I don't need to be critical of this. Yeah, I've I've said that I'm not a fan of of everything that they've done before. So why say it again? Yeah, I did read all the way through, and it was um, more enjoyable than I anticipated. And Capullo's art is like exceptional. But again, it's not a Batman story that I'm especially interested in. I'm not. Like, if you love Scott Snyder's take on the Batverse, well, then it, it, it absolutely, absolutely should exist. I'm not, it's essential. I'm, but I'm it's not one of those something. guys. I'm not, I don't like this, so it shouldn't exist. Yeah. Unless you're talking about Superman Year One by Frank Miller and John Romita Jr., <laughs> which I haven't even read yet. But like, No, I'm not going to read that. <laughs> have you seen some of them? Yeah. I mean, like, the Frank Miller covers are pretty um, something else. Apparently there's a gang rape scene in it. Yeah, yeah. Someone was telling me that. That's insane. I mean, in a Superman book. I know it's a black label book. But in a Superman book. But also, like, who, who is like, That's oh, insane. cool, like, you know, it's an adults-only line. Better do a gang rap scene with super, I mean, in a Superman literally book. literally Frank Miller. We've never done this before, everybody. It's truly groundbreaking stuff. Anyway. Love Frank Miller. What um, a good guy. What have you wrote over there? Um, I've got first issue of Clue, Candlestick, published by IDW, and written and illustrated by Dash Shaw, who is a indie cartoonist, the only book that I've read by him was called like The Bottomless Belly Button or something. Oh. And all this stuff's published by Fantagraphics. Yeah, it sounds familiar. Yeah, he's really cool. He's really good. He's very interesting. It's very, um, it's quite like Rich Tommaso, but maybe a little bit um, more highbrow or something. Do you know what I mean? Sure. I'll look maybe at just, that just because his stuff is published by Fantagraphics. Anyway, so I feel we've been putting out really interesting, fun, weird comics based on the board game clue yeah we get a mini series once a year and they're all yeah. wildly different and this is um a really fun one so it's just like the first issue is just the uh setup as we see the sort of um you know the murder happen the, and yep and everyone starts to suspect each other and you get like the literal board game oh, the setup, layout, the map. layout and it's just like Where's the list of all the weapons? Oh, there they are on the front cover of the next issue. Great. And they they talk about all of the different weapons the whole way through as you meet each of the characters. That's great. So it seems to be like, this seems to be the most meta of all of them so far. Yeah. Um, And so it's it's just, it's incredibly enjoyable. I really liked it. The art's really exceptional. The colors are gorgeous. Um, It's really fun if you like, if you have an affection for the game, which I really do, like I play a lot of Clue, or as we call it in Australia, Cluedo for some reason. Who do you play Cluedo with? Well, I did as a child. Oh, I right. don't now. You said play. You didn't say play. Oh, I said no. I said played. Okay, I I'll allow this. Either way. I guess anyway. I can't imagine you playing Clue with Nate. <laughs> I know. Actually, um, I kind of can. I feel like you get really into you it. You know what we play a lot of is um, we have an old Wheel of Fortune board game. <laughs> we play a lot of that. Um, <laughs> Who wins more? Um, Nate, because he's a jerk. <laughs> he let me, he. I won chess one time against him and I took a photo with it because I was like he's never going to let me win again and he never has he's incredibly petty um, 
<laughs> but this is great. If you like, if you have an affection for the board game, and if you like, um, even if you just like detective fiction, this deals with like a lot of big archetypes and a lot of the tropes of the genre. But I mean, there's moments where they're literally in the garden and she's finding keys that are hidden under like the actual tokens from the game, like these huge tokens from the game. Oh, this seems great. This is way it's more of really The last one good. I read the first issue of, and it was a bit too, like, like the, the one of the suspects was a reality TV star. And yeah, one of them was yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know, and I was like, oh, I don't need this. But this I seems... still enjoyed that, but this is very uh, literal. And, like, it's yeah, great. the Bridge to Master comparisons are very apt. It looks like, this looks like another artist that was very inspired by Dan Klaus and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. has kind of, like, simplified his style and made it his own. Good shit. Yeah, really great. Really great. I really highly recommend that it's called Clue Candlestick yeah a dash jaw through IDW um, did you read Jughead's Time Police okay it's sitting next to my bed but I haven't gotten it it's pretty it. fun I don't yeah. know if I need to read more than just one issue of it but the concept of it is pretty fun oh wait I did did I read it uh, it's written by Cena Grace with I know, art by because, Derek Charm ah yes okay I did read it because I remember being like mm, I love Derek Charm I am not sure if Cena Grace's voice is perfect for this book I think he he writes a pretty fun Jughead. The the rest of the characters, yeah, less so. Yeah, um, but yeah, after um, accidentally putting fish sauce in a pie crust, um, Jughead is banned from a pie making competition for life, and so he, his world has ended. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he decides to build a time machine to uh, to kind of go back and stop himself from putting the wrong ingredient in the in the pie crust. It's pretty good. It's a very, very simple setup. Um, I've never read like a sci-fi kind of caper mm-hmm. Archie book before. I'm sure they've ex- they exist in some way. Shape or form. Like Jim was laughing. He was like, man, Archie is just trying everything now. Have you seen the one that's coming out this week? Jughead's Time Police. And I was like, mm, actually, I think you'll find yeah. that um, Jughead's Time Police is a classic Archie uh, strip. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's a, it's a concept that has existed before. Um, and that like character who's like Archie's great granddaughter or something. Is, yes, her um, name is, yeah, at the, at the end she's visited by someone whose name is. Oh, I don't know. Where, oh, here it is. Um, January Mc, January McAndrews. Yeah. Um, so and she's from the future and she's uh, looks like a girl Archie. Come with me to the future. And I love this book because you get. Um, I love any book that has uh, hot dog thought balloons. Yes, great. Hot dog is uh, Jughead's dog. Yes, he's very cute. Good dog. One of the Absolutely. best dogs. Good dog. Never, you never see him at the top of best dogs in comics lists. <laughs> yeah, that's actually true. Um, but look, I, I thought this was totally fun. Um, yeah, I probably won't read any more of it. But, but yeah, yeah, enjoyable. I think, but that, that's kind of that's the, comics. That's all those, especially Archie comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is like you know, if you're in the mood for them, it's the best thing ever. But you're not, not always in the mood for them. Hmm. Um, what do you want to talk about next? Because that's the end of my number ones. Um, <laughs> should we talk about? Should we, what do you Marvel what? or DC? Um, well, DC's closer. Do you want to do DC? Okay, DC. At the very top of my pile over here, I got the Wildstorm issue number 23. Hell yeah. Because the second last issue of this uh, run, last month I was like, this all just feels up, feels like a big setup and then we're not really going to get what happens next, which is what mm. I'm really, really interested in. We've spent 24 issues almost with Warren Ellis and John Davis Hunt and Steve Bucciolato. Uh, we're rebuilding the Wildstorm universe in this like very, very fun uh, closed off run it's like you know this, this is the only thing you need to have read mm-hmm. hasn't tied into anything um but yeah like, like it, it has been a lot of setup um and uh i was like how are they going to wrap all this up in 20 like in the in the in the you know two final issues or whatever um and sure enough warren ellis and um has announced that he's got like another two short series based on this yep so one is going to be um wildcats which has our 
favorite bro, Ramon Villalobos on art. Fucking hell. Are you serious? Oh my God. That's so awesome. I'm really excited. I'm very, very excited about that. Um, That's the best. Yeah. Because he got like, he got fucked because he made that comic with that asshole. Yeah. Um, And like had to end it midway through after like such an amazingly fun concept. And then what else is, what else is coming out? That's the main one I think that's that's been announced, right? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'm st- I, like I'm super excited for that. Dude, Roman Villalobos and Warren Ellis—that's like a dream team. That's exciting. I think it's going to be really fun. Yeah, great. Uh, so, anyway, the Wildstorm issue number twenty-three. Um, see, this whole thing has been, you know, a war between um, the the highest in power on Earth and then the highest in power in space, mm-hmm. um, and all of the various uh, superpowered humans that either side created uh, trying to stop the wo- the the Earth from exploding because of their war. Yeah. Um, and I've you know been introduced introduced to tons of uh, familiar faces. However, they're like you know they're newer modern versions of them. Um, and I, for the most, I think for almost all, I, like, I love all these new iterations of all these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I'm like any, I'm not a massive Wildstorm nut. No, so, for, like for me this was kind of fun because it was like being introduced to many of these characters for the first time because I've read so little Wildstorm, so I don't know anything about. Any I wish it was people. more available. You need to like yeah. a lot of a lot of it isn't available digitally, and then, and then like if you want to, it's not in print anymore as well. Yeah. Like there's like so much. Like I really want to read all of Gen Thirteen. Oh yeah. Um, particularly the um Adam Warren stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then all of the Joe. Not is it Joe Casey? I can't remember. Did he do? Yeah. I don't want to. Yeah, someone. Yeah, yeah a, that's a big patch that I would love to one day read, but it's really hard to track down and go to buy like out of print trades and shit or read yeah. it illegally. Um, but anyway, um, Wild Storm 23, um, this is like really, really shaping, like moving towards a very exciting finale mm-hmm. um, of all of these different heroes coming together to fight. Sick. It's yeah. great, just great It's been shit. like a super satisfying run. And like, I really enjoy the lovely Nate was saying he doesn't necessarily love this because he feels like everyone's voices are a little bit samey, which I agree yeah. with because Warren Ellis just writes Warren Ellis. And if you don't like Warren Ellis's voice, don't bother. But if you do, great. Yeah, there are so, there are definitely characters that his voice works a lot better on. Like, yeah. for instance, he, his his take on um, Midnighter is just wonderful. Yep, and the, like, the, the old guy. Who's the old guy? Who's the bad guy? Ben, Bendix. Yep, Bendix. That's great. Very enjoyable. Yeah, it's real good shit. Uh, anyway, very, very excited for the final issue of this. And then the, oh, now even more excited for the Wildcats book. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, are you still with keeping up with Doomsday Clock? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So this is issue number 10 yes. came out. Um, we know that like issue number 11 and 12 have been delayed, which means that this 12 issue event is going to be like four years long or something like that. Mm-hmm. Four years since the rebirth. Like, uh, has it been four years since rebirth started now? I can't I remember. Whatever. All those, cause all those concepts were introduced and we, we won't see a payoff for them for quite some time yet. Yeah. Um, this is written by uh, Jeff... Johns. Jeff Johns. I was like... So, I, I had Jeff Shaw on my brain because yeah, we just yeah, did yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy stuff. Uh, Jeff Johns and uh, uh, art by Gary Frank, colors by Brad Anderson. Um, and, you know, this whole time I've been waiting for this big fight between Superman and, and mm. um, Dr. Manhattan because, uh, of course, this is the coming together of... Uh, the Watchmen universe and the DC universe. Um, and the thing that no one has ever actually wanted. Yeah, but I was kind of like, you know, what are they going to do? Are they actually going to fight? You know, what's going to happen? And yeah. this actually, I loved this issue. I thought this issue was like super cool and weird. You know what? Like I genuinely, I enjoy this in a very, very gentle way where it's just kind of interesting seeing Dr. Manhattan interact with the DC universe and like the various little changes and things that he's made. Um, it seems so... 
Like, I wish that they hadn't sold it as something that was really integral to, like, continuity in the DC Universe. Because as a thing on its own, it's pretty, like, it's, it's yeah, good. And definitely. Gary Frank is, like, great and it's pretty enjoyable and it's not offensive in any way. But making it this, like, central part of, like, why the DC Universe is shaped the way that it is right now, I find annoying. And I think it's, like, hampering the actual story. Definitely. The implications of what what the events that we see in this issue in particular mean... Uh, I don't like because it's pretty yeah. much saying, well, every problem you've ever had with DC Comics in the past ever, it's all Dr. Manhattan's fault. He yeah. did it, not the editors. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Some serious blame shifting. But the way we, the way this is shown, like, you know, every, every writer that's been writing comics for longer than 20 years at some point will be like, okay, time to do a comic that celebrates the medium of comics yeah. in a very meta way. And this is uh, Jeff John's take on it um, where we have Dr. Manhattan going back to when uh, – the 30s and watching Superman introduced to the world and then um, moving to the 50s and watching him be introduced to the world again differently and how that affects all the characters that he left behind who were also around in the 30s. And it's all about, like, uh, you know, resetting comic book universes and reintroducing characters and changing the ages of some character to, um, to, to suit. Oh, wow, they actually, you get a little willy. Do you think that's his willy or do you think that's just his part of his leg? Uh, I reckon that's leg, but who knows? I love that like, I'm trying to talk about what's, I'm so sorry. what's, what's important. No, no, this is great. This is prime <laughs> serious issues. I'm like, here's what, here's what I think this book's trying to do. And then all the while, you're Finally, not, they're you're, brave enough to actually not draw listening. a willy. And you're like, is that a penis? <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but yeah, um, I thought this was, this was really interesting. Um, and like a fun, mm. a fun take. I, I wasn't expecting this from the book. Um, I don't want to see like a big dumb fight between Superman and Doctor. No, Manhattan. because that's not interesting. I, I want there to be. I want it to be like this, like like very cool, weird history book featuring yeah. Doctor Manhattan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a much more. That's like a Forrest thing. Gump kind of figure that was just kind of there for everything. Yeah, it's good. I, yeah, I, I like it more as a watcher though, more than a causer. Absolutely. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I don't, I don't know how they're going to resolve this, but I actually am very keen for the finale now. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, and I enjoy that Gary Frank still draws young people like a horrifying nightmare. He <laughs> <laughs> just can't draw young people's faces. It's, it's terrifying. Yeah, How exciting is the Legion news also that Bendis is going to be doing Legion with Ryan Sook? Ah! Do I want Bendis on Legion? I want him on less books. That was what the That's his, true. His problem at Marvel was that he burnt out. I'm and, mostly he was just doing, excited about Ryan Sook. Yeah, of course. It's a great, great choice of artist. I don't know. Have him like because he's why don't have him oversee stuff, not necessarily write it. Yeah, it's a yeah. Or I mean, co-write it the first issue and then a two-issue mini event. Okay, that's fine. Okay, oh I'll no, wait, hang on. There's a mini event and then it will lead into Bendis and Sook. Okay. Oh god. Uh, so that is uh, Doomsday Clock issue number ten. Um, I'm, I actually enjoyed this series overall way more than I thought I would. Yeah, yeah. I like Gary Frank a lot, so I'm willing to accept a lot of nonsense. Definitely. Uh, so I caught up on Green Lantern, yeah. uh, both seven and eight. We talked about seven last month, but I'd missed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the uh, issue in which um, uh, Hal is trapped inside of his ring, yep. and the ring itself manifests itself inside its ring as a character that Hal has to save mm-hmm. uh, against like another being of fear that lives within Hal's ring that that's trapped there. Um, and the whole thing is written, written as prose, mm-hmm. um, which normally when Grant Morrison did, I remember he did it on a Batman issue years ago when I was very early into getting com- into comics. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> I didn't buy this to read. Um, but uh, this was a phenomenal yeah. issue. Yeah. It's really good. So, so good. Um, I'm on like this massive, I've been rereading a whole bunch of Grant Morrison stuff because I'm just like 
so obsessed with how good Green Lantern is, and it's making me go back and reappreciate all the great shit he did before. But I, so I bet you must have loved the absolute fuck out of uh, issue number eight. Oh my god! Of the Green Lantern, of course. This is Grant Morrison writing, Liam Sharp on art, and who's the colorist? Someone Olif. It's at the end there. Get away from me, you weird Krypton back back matter. <laughs> Isn't that horrible? It looks terrible. <laughs> All the DC books at the moment have like three pages of uh, a Krypton comic a, tying, tying into, into the, the sci-fi Krypton series. TV show. Look, I don't know who the colorist in this book is, but the colors are lovely. The colors are great. It's very like um, the colors suit the art, which is very like Steve Olif. Olif, um, yeah. Uh, so this is a uh, a team up space book. junkies. Sorry. Space junkies, yep. Uh, it's a team up book between. Um, uh, Hal Jordan and Oliver Queen. Um, if you read the, is it Dennis Adams? Um, Dennis O'Neill. Sorry, wait, who is it? I always forget the le- legendary. Neil Adams. Neil Adams and Dennis. No, Denny O'Neill. Denny O'Neill. Is that who, mm. is that who did the Green Lantern, Green mm. Arrow run? Mm, you look it up. Know. Otherwise, actually, I don't feel. I feel like no one who actually cares that listens. <laughs> That's true. But it's like a classic classic run in the seventies that was very political. It's the one where they. Um, it was called Green Arrow, Green Lantern. And there was the classic, um, my ward is a junkie. Where Speedy is caught doing heroin. Yeah. Um, and uh, was it was also like very, like kind of political of its time and like... Dennis is, O'Neill and Neil Adams. We were pretty... I, I think, yeah, I think I was, off, the, off the back, I think I said Dennis O'Neill. And Dick Giordona. Ah, Dick Giordona. Legends. I can't make words. But yes, great. And I've heard lots of... I've read and even seen live... Um, Grant Morrison talking about how much he loves that run and has always wanted to mm. do his own take on it. So I knew that an issue, I was having multiple issues like um, like that run were coming up in, in uh, Grant Morrison's Green Lantern run. Um, and this did not disappoint at all um, because in this they are exposed to a weird alien drug. And so this entire book is just a bizarre hallucination with so many... Well, like it's partly hallucination, partly, partly them catching up, partly them like solving a crime. And yep. there's like a weird... Alien called Zine Lantern. Zine Arrow. Zine Arrow, who's a giant version of, of Oliver Queen. Um, man. So fun. Like, really hard to even put into words what happened in this issue, but, like, incredibly enjoyable. Looks great. Super referential of, like, um, sort of 70s sci-fi comics from England. Like, incredible. I love this so much, guys. Yeah. It's, this was a, a, an amazing issue for sure. I always find myself like the first page is always like a bunch of weird aliens and just absolute babble. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this again. Morrison. And then like within two pages, I'm like, oh yeah, I love this. I forgot. Yeah. It's just, like, uh, yeah, it's just so fun. And there are so many like silly moments. Like there's an assassin on the moon. So they make a giant <laughs> green bow to fire a huge arrow at the moon. You guys shoot an arrow at the moon is your idea. How high are you right now? Extremely, but I'm focused on the mission. Ah, so much everything fun. I want. Very good. I love it. Uh, the silencer. Um, it, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, well, the, there is one issue left uh, um, of this book that uh, I think was far and away the best of DC's New Age of Heroes, which Easily. is a, a thing from millennia ago that no one remembers. No, no it was actually it was one year exactly. Um, <laughs> DC introduced a bunch of books called the New Age of Heroes that put artists first and writers second, and then. Change the artists every couple of weeks. So I think The Silencer has had six different artists, but mm-hmm. Dan Abnett has been writing the hell out of this book. And uh, I'm looking forward to this being over so it will be collected and more people will hopefully check it out. Yeah. Um, the Silencer is a... Um, she works for Leviathan, was trained by Talia al Ghul, 
um, when she clicks her fingers, she can enter her victims in a in a, a sphere of silence, mm-hmm. and so she can dispose of them, and no one around her will be any the wiser. Um, but this is also was about family because uh, when we were introduced to this character. Uh, she had given up her life of being an assassin and was just trying to have a life with her family, her husband and her son. And um, Talia Ghul sh- shows up and tries to take that away from her and actually does. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now we are seeing this, like, yeah, it, it, um, it's it kind of, I don't want to reveal too much of the plot, but uh, we've seen so much of her, her, fa- her, her husband kind of left in the lurch and never work it out like that, that, that her, her that that she's an assassin yeah and like we're so used to seeing that from like it's the the dumb wife yeah, or yeah, the dumb yeah, yeah, girlfriend yeah. Yeah. not not, work, not knowing that they're dating or, uh, or, or married to a superhero and it is fun seeing the, the reverse of this gender wise and I just think this answer as a character is really cool and I hope she joins like a bat team or something I don't know yeah or like shows up in Event Leviathan or whatever yeah, like yeah. Um, she's been a cool addition I feel more very, so than the other characters yeah for fuck all the other characters sideways Oh my god, yeah. Or the one that was not the Hulk, but was totally the Hulk. Rampage. Rampage. Wow, you really remember everything. <laughs> Such um, useless information. Hey, speaking of Bendis writing too many comics, uh, I still am reading Naomi. Okay, I this has been like selling out, so I haven't even gotten to read the last couple of issues, which I'm annoyed about because I was genuinely enjoying it. So this is uh, co-written uh, with David F. Walker um, and Jamal Campbell on art. I love Jamal Campbell's art. Yeah. Um, it's really probably the best thing about this book. Um, the whole book, is it's about... Uh, a girl who um, lives in a boring town with no heroes in it, but um, when Superman crash lands there one day, um, she, she starts asking questions about superheroes and then um, her, her, her backstory, and then we learn that she has like a crazy alien backstory. Cool. Um, and this has just been kind of like five issues so far of, of that um, and, and her past and, and learning about it and why it was kept from her. And I got to the end of this issue and I was like, that's fine, I guess. I don't really need to read much more of this. And then it says, to be concluded. So there's okay. one more issue, so Great. I'm, I'm going to stick with it and read one more issue. Might as well. But it's been fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wonder what they're going to do with this character now. Probably nothing. <laughs> <laughs> She'll probably just get ignored. Um, I, I kept this here because I'm sure you've read this. You know, I haven't actually read this issue yet, but I am excited to do it. This is the last I've comic. Read half of it. Last comic in my stack that I didn't get around to today, but it's uh, another one of the Wonder Comics uh, DC books, and it's uh, Wonder Twins, uh, written by Mark Russell and uh, art by Stephen Byrne, um, who also did art on um, that Mera graphic novel that you talked about a couple months ago. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and so I much I, prefer his art in this. Yeah, because I, 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 I checked it out later and I was like, I'm pretty sure in the, in the same episode you said, I love Stephen Byrne. Yeah. And then in, when we were reviewing the Mirror book, you're like, I don't know who the artist is, but I don't like his art. <laughs> I found the art in the Mirror book weirdly like um, static. It's probably you like, know? yeah, subdued maybe. Yeah. Hmm. Um, anyway, it's fun in this and I haven't read this issue, but I'll, I'm, I'm just bringing it up because they've announced that what was going to be a six issue run um, on Wonder Twins is now a 12-issue run. Which is so nice. You get that so rarely. It's yeah. always like, this ongoing series has been cut down to six issues. It's nice to get something that's doing well. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, it's, I, I, I struggle to find reasons to be happy, excited about DC at the moment. So, <laughs> that's definitely one I'm going to share. Yeah. And, then, and then on the back, you turn the comic around and there's, a, there's an ad for that Swamp Thing series that was cancelled after one yeah, week. I know. But oh, apparently boy. that was because of some, like... Tax. Yeah, tax-based reasons. Yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, you want to do Marvel or Image Wait, next? hang on. I still haven't spoken about Deceased. 
Okay. Issue two by Tom Taylor. So Marvel or Image? <laughs> it's a good issue. I enjoy this. It's very silly. Um, Black can, like, if you enjoyed his injustice stuff, I don't see why you wouldn't enjoy this because, because he is having fun. Because there is a fun. virus that is transferred to people but to, why is that by not, looking on their phone. But why is that not good? Why is that not a really like clever way of spreading the anti-life equation? It makes the most amount of sense. It makes the most amount of sense. If okay. you're writing something that's set now, okay, yeah, all right. I, I just I don't know. You're just mad because you'd immediately get the virus. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be the first zombie. Um, so would all of our is, listeners listening on their phone. Yeah, I know. But this is really fun. This was like fun in a kind of like Tom Taylor doing horror kind of way. Mm-hmm. Like there, and I like that it exists in its own universe because then he can do some stuff that's like actually like Alfred. I mean, I, do I want to give away the last page? Probably not. Anyway, Alfred has to do something terrible to his son. Who's his son? Bruce. All right. Um, but you know, like there's some great like. Oliver Queen and Dinah stuff happens. And then okay, cool. That was the best thing about him. Um, in what I, you know what? I'm sure this is a very quick read. Maybe I'll just burn through this. It is a quick read. Um, and it's pretty fun. And it's pretty satisfying. We get to see um, her become a Green Lantern. Great. Dinner. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah, exactly. It's really fun. Green Canary. Green Canary, exactly. That's fun. Okay. You've sold me on this. I'm going to read it. Ha. I, just, right. I didn't like that first issue. Now we can talk about it. I'm a dummy, maybe. You're a dumb um, Marvel or Image? Um, should we just do Marvel? Okay. We can talk Let's about fun Marvel. things. Okay, sure. War yeah. of the Realms, issue four and five, uh, written by Jason Aaron, with art by Russell Dorderman, um, and colors by Matthew Wilson. Um, issue four, like, just a solid event book. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm like, you know, this is for an event book. This is super fun. Absolutely. Russell um, Dorderman doing incredible work. Unbelievable art, and, like, you know, yes, there's heaps of references to a bunch of spin off series that I've not read any of. Um, but who cares? It's fine. I've, I felt so proud of myself for not reading any of the spin offs. I don't know, a great person. Then, on Saturday night, I read issue number five of War of the Realms. Yep. And this is the one that kind of, like, reintroduces all the teams after they've gone off and done their side missions in the um, in the spin-off books, but does so in a way where I was like, oh, damn it, I didn't read any of the spin-off yeah. books. Um, and then... However, I did read a lot of the spin-off books, and to be honest, I think you could do without it. Okay, sweet. Um, there uh, are... It, 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 was, it was just so epic in scope yeah. it brought together so many heroes who were all having separate adventure, adventures eventually coming towards or working towards the same goal mm-hmm. I feel like so many event books try to do this and it doesn't feel as huge as, mm-hmm. as it should be this felt like and I know you don't like it because it's a movie uh, this felt like Endgame yeah. you know all these all these characters coming together I was, it was a feeling that I hadn't felt since watching that I, like I feel like that is what event books ideally should do and should feel like and like this feels like you know like i love a lot of the older dc events like definitely hell yeah um so for me this felt you know this feels really proper it's yeah really good when i, I think it. when i think of event books i think of like the earlier crisis books and that yeah. kind of stuff infinite crisis like I, for me even though i'm sure if i reread it again there'd be flaws but that was like the coolest event ever when I was yeah it. um then it ends on like one of the greatest cliffhangers i've ever seen yeah that like I, like, I when I turned the page and realized that was the end of the book, I was like, "What?" Yeah. Like, and yeah, I, I was just think this was like not only the easily the best issue of War of the Realms so far, but like probably my favorite Marvel comic that I've read this year. Okay. Just wow. in terms of like, like I like you know having all those characters together and doing it, I was like, you know, I've, I, as a massive Jason Aaron fan, I feel like I haven't loved everything that he's been doing mm-hmm. in the last year, or certainly not as much 
as how I used to do it. And this book was just like, yeah, yeah. It's an incredibly satisfying conclusion to his like Thor run and just like um, sort of playing with all those threads and all those things that he's been setting up for so long and all these characters that he now knows so well. It's just, yeah, it's really, um, it's really clever. And it's, it's nice to get this far into like a Marvel event and not be like, nah, now it's falling apart. Well, so I got to this and I was like, oh, well, it's the end of issue five. Gee, the next five issues are going to be awesome. And then I looked and there's only one more issue. Yeah. Nice like, and like... I couldn't believe it. Keep it tight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, into it. Yeah. So, yeah, this, 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 this event books rarely have you wanting more because yeah. you're like, there's too much of this event. This is stupid. This is yeah. just like pure... I mean, it helps that Dorderman is drawing it. Like, you can't ask for a better artist on it's so, it's every so issue. It's so gorgeous. This just feels like... Marvel have finally gone like, hmm, we fucked up every single year in the last two decades yeah. with our events. How can we make this one perfect? And Maybe we don't need to like extend it unnecessarily by three issues and get in a bunch of filler artists yeah. who change the tone of the book dramatically. Joe Casada, you don't have to draw an issue this time. <laughs> you know, you. you're in trouble where it's like, oh, and Joe Casada's drawing the last issue. I'm like, oh, why is he doing that? <laughs> Um, the only thing is that there's a cool giant panther monster on the front of that cover oh, where that is he, I don't though? think ever showed up. Damn. Everyone's riding on a big panther. Art Adam's covers have been so good. Yeah. Um, also tying in. So I, I have been reading small amounts of tie-ins. Obviously, I've been keeping up with... Um, Most of the Marvel comics have had like at least one tie-in issue. Yeah. Um, but Jason Aaron's um, Thor run is still continuing. And we got a great issue featuring Cull. Um, and Cull is, of course, uh, Odin's long-lost brother. The, um, yep. the fear... Fear God, fear or God, something. yeah, God of, God of fear, God um, of jerks, and yeah, it was a great issue written with um, art by Mike Del Mundo. Um, I forgot, Cull's like he's like the main bad guy in Fear itself, right? Yeah, when he returns, yeah, right. So it's cool that like Jason Aaron kind of made him into this like sympathetic character, um, and this issue was was like a really really cool issue that I, like I feel like anyone else would have just worked into the main event, but it's completely standalone. Yeah, it's really it, that was a nice issue. It was really well done. <laughs> yeah, again, helps it enjoyable. Del Mundo on art, you know. It's Although just- I haven't, I haven't necessarily loved Del Mundo on all of this Thor run because sometimes I feel like his stuff is a little like I want things to be a little bit more. Yeah, I, I totally know this agree sounds with ridiculous, you. But like grounded or yeah, something. Yeah, no, totally in a Thor with you. Book. No, the, the, I, mean, I think it was just it was the like Del Mundo did, does so well. Like the Weird World books that he did yeah. were so well because they were very low on dialogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas Aaron was Jason Aaron was trying to put so much into the building towards yeah. World of the Worlds. So I don't think Delmondo was a very good choice. But in an issue like this, which is focused on one character, perfect, perfect, yeah, so good. Um, I also read Giant Man one, two, and three. Okay. Um, and this, I read issue one and was kind of like, eh, I don't need this. Well, I just keep I, I keep wanting Leah Williams to reach those heights oh. that we got of those two uh, X Men one shots last year. Um, what were they again? There was the Emma Frost one. Yeah, and there was the... Magic one. Yeah. They were both like two of the best comics I read last year. Um, and uh, I thought, you know, oh, maybe she would like bring the magic to a limited series. And the concept is so fun. It's Scott Lang, a.k.a. Ant-Man, um, Raz, a.k.a. Giant-Man, Tom Foster, a.k.a. Goliath, and Eric Justin, a.k.a. Atlas. All four of those characters can get real big. Yeah. And so this book is called Giant-Man, and it is about them posing as frost giants to try and save... Um, my like Florida, which has been overrun by by frost, frost. and uh, there were good moments in it, but yeah, I mean, like it was just sweetly inessential. Yeah, I, I I look forward to the day when Leah Williams like gets a proper book and isn't just doing like the kind of um, filler stuff that Marvel totally. get all the young people to start yes, on. Yes, totally. Give her um, an Emma Frost book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. need an Emma Frost book. That'd be so good. Yeah, 
Maybe maybe, maybe Hick- Hickman, Hickman's. Hickman can set it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Marco Castello and Rochelle Rosenberg on colors and on art and colors on this, and it was fine. Yeah. Um, have you read any other tie-ins? Um, uh, yeah, but I can't remember like any of them. Well, any like so none of them were like you, you, people should read this. Or was it just like nah, yeah, it's fine. Nah, nah, nah. Everything was like super inessential. I would say. Okay, cool. I didn't really enjoy any of them. The ones where like they send like different groups of heroes to different parts of Midgard that seemed fun. Those are the ones that I want to check out. The war stories. I don't know what the fuck it was called. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Tom Taylor did one that looks yes. like pretty good. Yeah. Yes. There was some good shit in that. And there were some fun looking team ups. That's what those are. That's what those spin-offs should be. Absolutely. Um, we got uh, a very fun um, issue of um, Avengers that tied into War of the Realms. Mm-hmm. Issue number 19 written by Jason Aaron with Ed McGuinness on art and Mark Morales, Justin Ponzor. All kinds yeah. of artists and covered. Lots of people. Lots of different inkers. Love Ed McGuinness. Everybody. Yeah, and uh, man, it's great Ed McGuinness work on this in this issue. It's yeah. surprising that we got him on like a an event tie-in issue of the Avengers that didn't even feature the Avengers. This is totally all, it's all about Gorilla Man. Gorilla Man. So obviously we loved it. We're the target audience of any animal. <laughs> I love based. big monkeys. Yes, <laughs> um, I especially loved like the opening scenes of him like turning down a drink with the uh, Russian bear character. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was great seeing like Gorilla Man have to prove himself um, in a fight to almost death against uh, invading forces was sick. I love how like... And then a really, really tragic reveal at the end. Yeah. That was a great issue. That was like a really solid, um, really fun issue that like stands by itself, but also is totally relevant to everything that's going on. And it's cool. This is totally setting up. This is totally set. Instead of just only being about War of the Realms, this is setting up what's going to happen in the Avengers book next. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And Dracula is involved. Hooray. Hooray. (laughs) And then... Ed McGuinness draws a, like, dangerously sexy Black Panther. With it, like, they always have to put loads of shadow over his crotch because it's so... his. They, he draws his costume so skin tight. That's like, where's his dick? I love it. It's the best. Um, it's in uh, Doomsday Clock it's issue number 10. <laughs> he keeps it in Wakanda. Um, in it looks like Captain Marvel is a tie-in Yeah, well. so I read... Um, I am still reading Captain Marvel, largely, but the Kelly Thompson run. This has art by um, Anna... 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Paola Martello and Colors by Tamara Bonvillain. Um, so this is the tie-in issue 
um, Tour of the Realms, which basically sees Captain Marvel fighting Enchantress alongside um, Doctor Strange and Black Widow. And I think my main critique for this is that, again, Kelly Thompson is, maybe it's just because it was a tiny issue, but she's slightly fallen back into, the, like, every char- every female character is quirky and sassy in the same kind of voice. So, like, it's the sassiest Black Widow I've ever read. <laughs> and, the, like, um, Captain Marvel's trying, like, making, <laughs> making mad um, jokes, which are, like, uh, like, not that Captain Marvel has an exceptionally um, consistent character, but I would have said making sassy jokes is not probably part of it. So when, when we first started this run, we were actually commending Kelly Thompson on not making every character a sassy quipper. Yeah. But it looks like that's what's happened now, I guess. But it ends with um, Captain Marvel and Doctor Strange freaky Fridaying into each other's bodies. Hell yeah. And not being able to use each other's powers. Love a freaky Friday. I love. So they're just useless humans now. Yeah, they're great. both like, how do you make your hands go? <laughs> it's great. Awesome fun. Um, so, uh, not, nothing to do with War of the Realms, but one of the best comics of the year so far. Meet the Skrulls. Man, why am I so dumb? I'll, I'll read it in trade. I will yeah, read it it'll be a trade. great trade. Because um, there were moments in this, having read it month to month, where I was like, oh, who's that again? Mm. Especially when every character is can morph into any other character, because that's what Skrulls do. That is complicated. So, Meet the Skrulls is about a bunch of undercover Skrulls um, posing as a regular family. Um, mm-hmm. So, you have a family of five. Um, and... Uh, it's about them infiltrating um, different, like basically, like the the enemies of of, uh, of the of the world, and also the the enemies of like the scroll home world in a way too, because mm-hmm. they've been on this mission for so long that they've kind of severed ties. Um, but yeah, it's about like the tragedy of um, raising children, no matter what race they are on Earth, they're inevitably going to form attachments to things that they see on Earth, mm-hmm. and having to become a bloodthirsty killer like your parents want you to. Um, is going to be difficult, mm-hmm. um, and there are lots of lots of tragic moments in this. Like, I don't want to talk too much about the plot with that because I don't want to give away all the twists and turns. But um, the final reveal of this, like the story, ends really, really well, and um, you know we don't know if any of the characters are going to show up again. But it's highly suggested that maybe they're already in books. Ah, oh, that's pretty fun. That is a fun thing about the scrolls. Yeah. Um, so who knows? Maybe, maybe read this book because you never know when any of the characters might suddenly reveal themselves in any any one of your uh, Marvel books that you're currently reading. However, it was a. Uh, I'd say the clue is it's, it could be any of Nick Lowe. He's the editor of uh, oh. of this. So any of the books that he edits for Marvel. Okay. Hopefully, we see these characters showing up again soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was written by Robbie Thompson and art by Nico Henrichon. I've loved Nico Henrichon's work over the years. Obviously, Pride of Baghdad with Brian K. Vaughan is excellent. And yep. um, he did some excellent um, Dennis Hopeless written um, issues of Doctor Strange during Secret Empire, which were like the highlight of that entire event for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, this was like this was the, the series where I realized how much I really love him as an artist. Um, and then Robbie Thompson as well is totally someone that flies under the radar. He's you know done a lot of, lot of work for Marvel over the years, created Silk. Yep. Um, and... Uh, He's done. He did that really. Did he do that really fun um, Sorcerer's Supreme book? Yes, yes, yes. He that did. was really great too. Um, just so many like fun issues over the years, and uh, I, I've never really appreciated him for being a very awesome writer. And he definitely is. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more scrolls, but also more of those two creators in the future. Hopefully, on another Meet the Scrolls like follow up. This book was great. Yeah, cool. That and the Winter Soldier like uh, miniseries, like two of my favorite kind of surprises of the year. Hmm. Just like. Just great minis. And I'm so like, I really feel like I should have read um, 
both. The, the Bucky series. Yeah, I mean, they're both going to be out and trade in less than a month. Yeah. Maybe you can read them mm. in all that spare time you're about to have. Woo! Savage Avengers, issue number two, written by Jerry Duggan with art by Mike Diodato. Well, I actually forgot that Mike Diodato did art on this. Yeah, I know, right? And I sort of like, I feel like I should really love this book. But I don't love Diodato's art or something. So it's just not super appealing to me, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, uh, there's enough character moments in it that I enjoy quite a lot that I, I'm, I'm going to stick with it for a while. This is like the weird eventual team up of like Punisher, Blade, yeah. um, Dr. Conan, Voodoo, Conan the, and Wolverine. I think Elektra is going to show up at some point as well. Um, we don't know why they're going to suddenly become a team, but at the moment it's like them kind of being brought to face this like weird, um, you know, centuries old demon deity thing. Yeah, evil man, evil sorcerer man. Um, Classic Avengers, but it is fun. I love the slow trickle feed of here of, of heroes, mm. um, and 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 why they're joining the, this this story to begin with. Is it a mini series? Like, is it? Is it I reckon limited? this is probably an ongoing of some of some sort. That yeah. team is so good. Yeah, yeah. Immortal Hulk. Ugh. I want to just first of all, it's been four weeks since we last put an episode out. Mm. And in that time, we've gotten three issues of the Immortal Hulk. I think part of that is Diamond. Like, I think Kings didn't receive okay. one issue at, a, at the right time uh, or something. But I feel like we've it's almost like twice a month. Yeah. It's written by Al Ewing. It's also every single art, um, every single issue has art by Joe Bennett. And Who's his art... been killing it. His art only gets better. Yeah. Is he doing like art on a double shipping book and it's maintaining this level of quality? I mean, or have they had this in a can that for a while? I hope, I hope, I hope he's not killing himself. It's so good doing it. It's so good, man. It's so consistently enjoyable, and like, even after that arc, it's satisfying to read something that um, is now going for like many arcs. Not they didn't just have like one arc in mind. There's like this longer, ongoing story, and even though maybe the Hulk in Hell stuff wasn't like as brilliant as some of the other stuff now it's like picked back up and it's like super satisfying and it's become one of marvel's best-selling books this is even yeah. outselling batman yeah like which is so crazy like i don't think that i don't think anything has outsold batman in the entire time that i've been working in comics which is over 10 years it is always the best-selling comic always but this is one of the best comics so this like, yeah. when, when this came out last year like this is like the best comic on the shelves right now yeah and for even though that, that had that little dip, like for it to just be like accepted and by like readers, and people are just reading this shit, it makes me so happy. Absolutely, absolutely. Al Ewing deserves a hit because he's had so many great series over the years that have gotten ignored largely. And the Hulk deserves a hit too. Like, when was the last time you enjoyed a Hulk series? Absolutely. And when's the last time you saw something new and different happen with the Hulk without having to like blast him into space or create other different colored Hulks? Well, instead, this celebrates all of the different. Hulks, yeah, but as different personalities that live within Banner's mind, yep, um, and uh, also celebrates all the different characters that we've you know either befriended or been killed by the Hulk over mm-hmm. the years, um, or had their lives ruined by the Hulk. Um, and uh, we have one of the most insane, like issue eighteen had the most insane out of nowhere reveal of Betty yeah. Ross and what she has become. Yep, and it's just gone full horror again. Yep, and uh, I loved every page of it. Yeah, it's really incredible, and Joe Bennett is so crazy good on this. Like his, 
the the different forms of Hulk that he's like all the sort of really gross body horror stuff has yep. been so amazing and the Alex Ross covers are so good. But like yeah, he brought Joe Fixit back like and yeah. and, and Grey this Hulk. This version and, of the Abomination. Yeah, who is who is like really a, horrific looking. So yeah, obviously Abomination's back, Rick Jones is back, Betty Ross is here. So many great and like it's also like it's like pretty brutal as well. Like you know people people die yeah, yeah, a yeah. lot in this in this in this book. A lot it seemed to come back a lot, but that's yeah. fine. I'm fine with that. Hulk gets fucked up in that last issue. Yeah. Um, oh, so gross. Man, it's so good. So great. So good. That final page. Joe Bennett doing such work, great work on pencils, but then I've got to shout out the amazing inks by um, Roy Jose and Belladino Bravo and great colors by Paul Mounts and Rochelle Rosenberg. Um, just just, just a, a great comic. Pick great, up the trades. Book, yeah. If you see them, pick them up because they sell out constantly. Yeah. Um, so over to Daredevil now, um, where Chip Zdarsky is uh, doing the whole this superhero is going to quit being the superhero for a while thing. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and it's, you know, could be described as ground we've, you know, been on many, many times, possibly even with Daredevil. But uh, it's pretty fun. Yeah, it's amazing that Chip is doing something that is like fairly well trodden ground, but still managing to make it incredibly compelling. And, like, yeah, definitely. Interesting. And I loved um, Issues 1 to 5 with Marcus Cicchetto on art. I thought it was excellent. Um, Marco Cicchetto, sorry. Um, and Garrett Colors by Sonny Go. Um, but then uh, for Issue 6, we have a new, I guess because this is like a new kind of era in, mm-hmm. in Daredevil's uh, life in this run. Um, and we get um, an artist who I've not seen before, uh, Lalit Kumar Sharma on pencils and Jay mm. Leeson on inks. And uh, I think it was referential to Chichetto's character designs, but then like completely its own thing. And it yeah. really, really worked for me. Um, so yeah, Daredevil is, is not Daredevil at the moment, but it looks like someone might put on his costume at the end. So, uh, that yeah. was a really fun issue. Yeah, yeah definitely fun. It's also a, it's, it's the first Adarsky book with just not a joke at all in it. Mm. It's a very, very dry book, but uh, it's, it's, it's super enjoyable. Yeah, absolutely. I like it. Um, so, are you reading Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man? I'm not. Okay. So. I found, I, look, I, I, I liked what I was reading. The concept of it was that this was like all about Spider-Man. Like in his, his neighborhood. His, his neighborhood. And then, then it's like sent us to beneath the earth. Yeah, in yeah, the first, yeah. In the first uh, arc. And I was like, I don't need this. Yeah. So, Tom Taylor's really playing fast and loose with the concept of neighborhood. Um, issue six was a totally standalone issue. And it's the sort of thing that. Like, we have seen this kind of idea done before and done really in a way that's very schmaltzy and very cheesy and makes you, like, makes me roll my eyes because I hate everything. Tom Taylor somehow manages to do things that are incredibly, could be incredibly cliched, could be incredibly cheap or easy or feel really insincere and manages to make it like something genuinely kind of special. And so this issue, we meet this character called Spider-Bite, who is a little, like a tiny little Spider-Man who's his sidekick. And we see them taking on like really, really classic versions of the Sinister Six. And Juan Cabal does like an incredible, um, an incredible job of making that look amazing. And there's like all these cute little moments and these cute little lessons. And then they go up against like the whole, all of them, the Sinister 60 and they fight them all. And there's like this incredible double page Jeez, spread with good. like these yeah. tiny, tiny little panels and you see all this stuff happen. And then you realize at the end that it's a like, the, this kid is in hospital and Spidey's come in to like make his last day special. I'm like getting emotional now. And it made me cry like a baby on a bus. 
and wait, it's just really good. You were on a bus, or that's a saying that you? No, that's you a saying. No, I was on the bus. I was on the bus and just like weeping, like the embarrassing weeping pregnant lady that I am. But um, man, it's a great issue. Siobhan. Yeah. I complimented you earlier <laughs> on the episode for not having baby brain. I have mad baby. Brain. I also didn't want to cut you off. You <laughs> reviewed that comic last episode. Oh, did I? Oh no! <laughs> did I cry last time you as did. well? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. Anyway, it's a great issue, guys. I say this only because it's massively out of print and I recommend trying to find a copy. Okay, sweet. Um, and Tom Taylor is going to be... A, if you're in Sydney, Tom Taylor is at Supernova this weekend. He should have copies. Oh, cool. Um, so I recommend trying to find it. So Tom. That's how much I loved it. How yeah. embarrassing. That's great. What's, better, what, what's worse? Me letting you do the entire thing or me cutting you off mid-complimenting mid something? Equally terrible. Okay, we can't Never win. Sometimes you just can't win. Uh, issue number twenty-one of Runaways is the last Marvel book we're going to talk about today, and uh, it was written by Rainbow Rowell with Andre Genolet on art and Chris O'Halloran on colors. Um, and uh, this is like it is just just straight up a soap opera comic now. It's so good. Yeah, it's just I, I just love how it's like this whole issue is about Chase not being able to let go. Just let go, Chase. Move on. There's life for you after Gert. Was it was it about just Gert, or was it like move on from like the idea of the Runaways being a team together? Or there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot yeah. of play here. Like we, like we're basically seeing Molly like go through puberty as well. Yes, it's very, it's very nice getting to like see these characters grow up and just have like a proper sort of teen book without it being like superhero shenanigans all the time. Yeah, um, I'm completely used to Andre Genolet's uh, art on this book now after Absolutely. Christopher Anker. I love his uh, facial work for all the characters, especially Chase. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, I love uh, this introduction of uh, who I hope will become Chase's new gal. Yeah. Because <clears throat> she seems awesome. I love this book. Yeah, it's, it's, how, it's how, great. How long do you reckon they're going to keep this going for? 21 issues is a lot more than I thought we were going to get of it. Yeah, I genuinely, I don't know, but I assume, I think this is one of those, like, Massive sleeper hits that Marvel have that people don't really necessarily talk about all the time, like Unbeatable Squirrel Girl or Unstoppable Wasp, but which sell really well in trade to libraries and schools and young people. Yep. And I think that this is something that will just continue on for as long as Rainbow Rowell is willing to do it. Yeah, great. You know? Awesome. Um, cool. Uh, speaking of uh, Squirrel Girl, yeah. I, I need to catch up on the, 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 the tie-in arc. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've stopped picking up Squirrel Girl because I feel bad about like depriving the shelf of copies because it always sells so well because <laughs> I, I know I'm just going to love it and super enjoy it. Yeah. I'm going to, I might just read the, the last stuff in trade. Oh, actually, once, once they start the tie into War of the Realm, War, Realms over, I'll, I'll pick it up again for the last, the last like two issues I think it is before it's gone forever. Did you know this? No. Oh, you're huh. going to cry again. But no, uh, they're, they're ending it on their own terms. Oh, like, great. you know, yeah, it's just like, wonder what, wonder what Ryan North's going to do next. Yeah. Hopefully everything. The world is his oyster. That's it for Marvel now. We move over to Image. Um, and we kick things off with a review of Paper Girls, issue number 29. Oh, mate. Uh, this is the second last issue of this great series by Brian K. Vaughan and Cliff Chang, with colors by Matt Wilson, letters by Jared K. Fletcher. Um, and, uh, of course, this is about the, the Paper Girls, the team of four girls who, uh, in the 1980s, went on their paper route and then... Uh, got transported to the future and this has been a crazy ride through time ever since with all kinds of bizarre twists and turns and uh emotional moments for for the children as they learn things about their past present and future Uh, meeting different versions of themselves across time yeah totally um and uh this was uh 
what I thought was going to be a big fight issue, but then ended up being like a big talking issue. Yeah, but it was great. It was excellent. Yeah. Um, I feel like we're it's gonna... so satisfying the way this is wrapped up and like or is wrapping up, and like when this series started, I did not think that it would get to this point. You know what? Like you know what I mean? Like you couldn't have possibly imagined oh, what we, this was going to turn into. The mo- one of the most unpredictable comics I've ever read. And Cliff Chang is so good, and he has become like such a. You know, the way that I think about him as an artist has totally changed because of this series, you know? Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful book. Absolutely. And how fun was the time capsule contest survey results in the back? Yes. That so was really fun. Th- that's from the first issue, right? Yeah. So, they, they sent around a little um, survey and if you responded, they like, uh, I was making predictions about the future and they printed it in like the second last issue and there's some pretty funny ones. That's great. So good. What a great book. I can't wait for that last issue. I'll have to hold off on reviewing issue 30 until you are back talking about comics. Oh, yeah. Maybe you can can phone in. Yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, hosting a few few episodes by myself, I think. (laughs) Just the madness of Levens. Can't wait. Um, Assassination number three, Kyle Starks and Erica Henderson doing a great comedic assassins book. Mm -hmm. You're loving this still, yeah? I love it. I love it so much. It's so funny and it's so... Like, it feels like a proper 80s action movie. Totally. We were introduced to more than 20 of the world's best assassins in, at the start of the series. And only three issues in, we only have seven of them left. That's um, so funny. And, like, yeah, like, I mean, part of it, part of it is, uh, and that's at the start of issue three. Mm. There's significantly less at the yeah. end of it. <laughs> uh, there's, there are deaths that are done for comedic value. And then there are deaths that are actually kind of moving and sad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is a, a wonderful book that I'm, I'm, I don't know how long it's going to exist for um, with its rapidly declining uh, uh, amount of characters. I, I can't imagine for that much longer. Yeah, I don't know if it's supposed to just be a six issue mini, but I kind of hope so. Like it's a very satisfying story just to tell all in one go. But I would love to see this team do more stuff. Yeah, definitely. And I love seeing Erica Henderson do something um, quite sort of action Packed. Gory she's so even. good yeah. at it. Yeah, getting to see her be a bit gorier than she was allowed to on Squirrel Girl. Um, it's just yeah, and she she can sell a joke like no one else. Yeah, absolutely. It's a ton of fun. I mean, if you ever wanted to do, um, if you ever read a bunch of Squirrel Girl issues and thought, I wonder how Erica Henderson would uh, draw brain matter yeah. as it left someone's head. <laughs> There's now you can find out on multiple pages. Of this but if issue. you love like classic action movies. You're a big um, Seagal. Fan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is like a great lampoon of those. Yeah, real fun. Super fun. Uh, on the complete opposite scale of that is Criminal issue number five uh, by Andrew Not Becker fun. and Sean Phillips. Hey, guess if I loved this. <laughs> I assume that you fucking hated it, man. I cannot believe how good this is. It's so good. I mean, I can, I can readily believe it, but it's just, it's every issue is different. Every issue is super satisfying. Yeah, and I love that this is like this ongoing that it will like have ties. Each arc will have ties to it, but it's not necessarily yeah. Like, you know, this, the the one story. In fact, like they're they're they're, they're spotlighting different. They've already like chosen two issues um, so far to become its own graphic novel. Mm-hmm. Um, and as soon as I started re- like got halfway through this, and I was like, I bet they do the same thing with this arc. This arc is like perfect. Yeah. It's it's like the the femme fatale um, take. I mean, Brubaker has done plenty of femme fatales in his uh, writing history, uh, and also plenty of like you know tragic mm-hmm. uh, figures who fall in love with the femme fatales too, who you shouldn't uh, feel for, but you do. Um, and he's just so good at writing those those flawed but lovable characters. Absolutely. Um, but like, 
I don't know, just reading this off, it just, when, like, we, we read so many books that are like, quote unquote, crime books, and so few of them ever show detective work being done. Yeah. You know, one of them is even called Detective Comics. And, he very uh, rarely does any detecting. This has an amazing, uh, uh, like, four pages of a private detective doing actual detective work and what goes into tracking down who he's looking for and how he finds her and like the various like clues that are left behind as she moves from town to town and ruining men's lives in her wake fuck this was so good so good super satisfying and like if you love like classic sort of film noir or like uh you know raymond chandler novels like that's obviously where brubaker sort of pulls from a lot and so yeah Brubaker said that this arc is going to be the death of Teague Lawless who has been a character like almost like the central character of Criminal since it mm. started uh, like an absolute like you know just tragic fuck up of a character who spawned fuck up children mm-hmm. and just like yeah just has just ruined so many people's lives um, and we finally like I was like okay cool it's going to be an all Teague issue Teague doesn't show up until the very end this is all set up for who is going to kill Teague mm. Lawless and uh, God it was good so good so great it also it. it also contained the best thing Tom King has written in over a year yeah <laughs> and that is uh, the sentence criminal is easily one of the best comics of the 21st century on the front cover I mean that's such a that's such a nothing quote <laughs> easily one of what do you mean it means nothing um, speaking of amazing crime fiction Oh, yeah. Stray Bullets, Sunshine and Roses. One day you're going to read this and one day, one day you're going to be like, God damn it. God, this is great. What a bunch of disgusting fun. Um, Stray Bullets is written by uh, David Laffham. Uh, and it has this book has been going for a long, long time with hiatus every now and then. But like from since the early 90s, uh, I highly recommend checking down the first 41 issues in the Uberalis edition that mm-hmm, Image put mm-hmm. out a couple of years ago. Uh, Sunshine and Roses, with this issue, has now gone on for longer than the original series. And this is actually an in-between story uh, that, that that occurs in between arcs during the first 41 issues of Stray Bullets. Uh, so how long is this going for? Have they announced I've that yet? I've got no idea. I've, I keep thinking, okay, it's all going to wrap up here. But this is all... Stray Bullets, Sunshine and Roses has been like less than a year. Yeah. Whereas the first Stray Bullets, like 41 issues, jumps across years like yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. over decades um it's just like a, this like insane crescendo of like just horrible people trying to kill each other and hooray it's so fucking great that's pretty great um there's so many weird twists and turns and there's this brilliant character called love who is a black wannabe samurai great he's also a hippie great um and uh, he wields like enormous like machete and uh has like psychic connections to things mm-hmm. um and uh he's just such a great character and in this he revealed his lo- his last name yeah his full name is he's always been called love but in i don't know i don't know if i missed it when he was first introduced but in this he calls himself his full name is love love yourself <laughs> that's actually really good so good but like like a bunch of horrible horrible shit happens to a lot of good and bad characters in this in this book so it's not for the faint-hearted but god it's yeah. a it's an absolute mess. They're very I, grim. I adore reading. They have a very grim view of the world. Nihilistic, for sure. Mm. Yeah, I love it. And there's not many comics like this, yeah. and for good reason, but like the ones that do carry on for this good, for this long, have to be good, and this one yeah. definitely is. You know what else is good? Man. Gideon motherfucking falls. What a comic. Uh, Andrea Sorrentino on art with Jeff Lemire writing this one, and Dave Stewart on colors. A brilliant trio of comic book creators uh, creating a just... Fuck, I mean, like, I know Lemire lately, his thing has been, like, 
changing what the genre of a book is mm. uh, multiple times throughout a run. Um, and uh, this is like just such a prime example of like him just kind of like flipping a book on its head. I mean, like this is what it is now. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. And like again, I, this is not something. This is not anywhere where I expected this book to go. Um, so we have it's kind of like a uh, interdimensional horror book. Yeah. Uh, where little thing, few things are explained, but it is like this bizarre journey of this priest and uh, oh, man, it's so oh. good. And Sorrentino is so fucking good, man. Yeah, like, yeah. Do you see on Twitter, Chip Zdarsky was like, "I know I'm up for Eisner, an Eisner for best writer, but I think that you should all go vote for Jeff Lemire because he's like a great friend, but he's been doing such amazing work. Like, he's an amazing writer. That's, so you should that's go incredible. Vote for him. <laughs> Canadians got Canadians' backs. Absolutely. Um, well, speaking of Lemire. Ascender, issue number two. I'm still not reading it. You but it looks great. You should. It's a good cover. Uh, actually, I wouldn't recommend this to anyone who hasn't read Descender because it is very much okay. uh, just lots of returning characters. And, right, right, uh, right. But it's doing all the right things. This is uh, Jeff Lemire with Dustin Nguyen. Uh, Descender was like a 40-ish issue run that was uh, entirely sci-fi about the war between robots and, mm-hmm. and humans. Uh, and Ascender is now, all technology has been outlawed. And the few characters that exist uh, in the story so far uh, from Descender are kind of like living on the, like, you know, in, 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 in secrecy. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And when technology finds them and then all hell breaks loose. Uh, it's fucking great. This, it's, this is a, now it's a, a universe in which magic rules. Cool. And like it's when, when, that, when that first happened in, in, in issue number one, I was like, oh, no, magic and fantasy. <laughs> but uh, it's like, like magic and fantasy versus tech. That's super yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's drawn beautifully by Dustin Yu and, and coloured beautifully by him too. Excellent watercolours. Lovely. And a great family story at the heart of it too. Um, and it actually feels a lot like um, Saga when it first started, mm. which is a, an enormous uh, compliment. Yeah. Do you read issue two of Gogor? Haven't gotten to it yet, by but Ken, um, I'm very excited. Ken Garing, um, I, I, I ranted about how excellent that first issue was in that it didn't, it showed instead of telling. And then um, this told a whole bunch? Yeah. Uh, not in a bad way. It just was not the fun ride of the first issue. It slowed, yeah, yeah, yeah. It slowed things down considerably. Um, it's still cool. It's about like a um, weird kind of Hulk-like creature of the ground that mm-hmm. is awakened to help fight a a war in a uh, in a fantasy world. Um, and there's some fun moments in it. But yeah, a lot of uh, like I don't know, kind of unnecessary. A lot of world-building stuff. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it wasn't that interesting. Right. Um, I, I really, really love Ken, Ken Garing's art. So I may give it another issue. Yeah, cool. Um, we are reaching the finale of Black Science, another image book coming to, to an end. I wonder what uh, Miranda's going to do once all of these image books that he's doing. Are- Deadly Class seems to be going. Con- yeah, I think that's knows, just going to continue up, up, forever. The TV show got cancelled. Oh, really? And he's looking for a new home for it. Um, oh. Sci-Fi, the, the network, obviously spending too much money making bad Krypton comics. There um, you go. But uh, yeah, um, who knows if he's going to keep Deadly Class going. That's definitely my favourite of all of his uh, image books at the moment. And Black Science is really good. There's three more issues left after this one. This is issue 40. Um, and, uh, I mean, essentially this is just about, like, the ultimate fuck-up character, um, Grant and his family, um, finally trying to uh, to win and and right all of their wrongs as they've, mm. they've been, like, you know, like, travelling from galaxy to galaxy, from timeline to timeline. Um, it's crazy to think this has been, only been 40 issues. I know it's a lot of issues, but this feels like it's been going on for forever, considering how many new worlds we've been introduced to that have been destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there's a great, um, like, old switcheroo at the end of uh, this issue. And uh, what you think has happened uh, turns out to be the opposite. And uh, a character that we thought was a bad guy shows up and 
Looks like he's is actually going to be his story. Cool. I'm into it. That's a fun, yeah. fun last minute. Yeah, totally. Switch. So who knows? Hopefully, the last uh, three issues are going to be absolute chaos. Yeah. Finally, The Walking Dead issue number one hundred one hundred ninety two. You said something crazy happened in this, right? So, like, this is a, this is this a comic. Is how that's, they, that's just how they get shot. <laughs> this is well, okay, but like, this is Image's best selling comic, right? I don't know if it is still. No, no, it is. I, I oh, checked okay. like sales figures from March. This was the like the thirtieth best selling comic of the month, like, mm-hmm, and the first mm-hmm. Image comic you see on the list. Um, so it does sell. It still sells extremely yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Obviously, people hate the TV, but still watch it. I guess. Um, I never hear anyone talking about the comic. No, I've never. I never hear anyone. Like you know, we have a group it. with a few hundred people in it, thousand even, but a lot of them are, are weird bots from Africa, um, which is how They're my oh, friends. <laughs> um, but uh, the Walking Dead, you know, it normally talks about it in there. Mm. Um, and uh, I thought, especially with what happened in issue number one hundred ninety-two, which I, which came out a week ago, and I read it last night, and uh, yeah, something enormous happens in it. Um, and no one is, seems to be talking about it. And uh, what happened? Tell me. Okay, uh, skip forward thirty seconds if you don't want spoilers yeah. for Walking Dead. Um, Rick Grimes, the main character, gets shot, turns into a zombie, and is then shot in the head by his son. And so now the main oh. character is dead. Grim. It's yeah. Grim. Yeah. Grimes. I mean, it seems like ah, oh, Brett. Sorry, so sorry. Um, seems like a long time coming. I remember people uh, yeah, thinking that know. that was going to happen like years ago. But so it happens with little fanfare, though. It just kind of happens. And I know that kind of that's how this book used that's to be. That's Walking Dead, yeah. yeah. But it hasn't been like that for so long. And so when this, like, you know, Andrea, who, who died previously, she got this insane send-off. Mm. And Rick Grimes, I mean, I, I, I suppose we'll get it in, in issues to come. Yeah. But uh, it just seemed so. And even one of the comics com- comment characters, his son, ca- comments that like, oh, when this happened to Andrea, we got this, you know, yeah, she yeah, had to yeah. say goodbye to everyone. And he didn't. This is so unfair. So I guess this is now going to be Carl's book. Mm. Um, but yeah, like, you know, we are approaching issue 200. I said I was going to keep reading to 200 and then decide then mm. if I will. But uh, at this point, definitely. This is like yeah. a, a crazy, like, you know, I read and got into Walking Dead because it was so unpredictable and it felt boring for the last like 50-ish or so issues. Yeah. And this is a massive status quo change up. Um, was, it, was it sort of like, did it feel earned? Was it very satisfying? Was it sort of... No. Did it feel... Cheap? I thought. I thought that one of the characters was going to wake up and for this issue to have been a dream at the end. Mm. So when it what happened, I was like, oh, fuck, okay. Well, that's interesting. So I'm just, I'm purely reading it out of like a morbid like curiosity to see what, what they do with it next. I, I, I definitely in, I enjoyed like the, the concept. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, interesting though. Totally interesting. It's, it's amazing that they can still do things to shock you after it's been running for 10 plus years. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, so that is Walking Dead 192. Now we move over to uh, other publishers, uh, mostly Dark Horse. Um, and uh, we'll talk about She Could Fly, The Lost Pilot, issue number three of this uh, second volume of She Could Fly, written by Christopher Cantwell with Martin Marazzo and Miroslav Merva on Art and Colours. Um, um, I missed this. That was such a serious, like, sincere response from me. Um, just it sold out, which oh, is like, well, you should re- read this before you leave. Because um, this was an insanely good issue. Yeah. Um, I, I know I was kind of like saying like, oh, you know, it's it's a bit, it's trying to do a bit, a lot more than the second, than yeah. the, second the first volume is. Everything comes together in like the most in- amazing way. And this is actually about the main character falling in love mm. and like, you know, and obviously she doesn't completely get rid of her problems, but that seems to be a better fix for her than the medication she's been given. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Man, his art is so great as well. Like, it's so detailed. It's amazing that he's managing 
sort of like two monthly books is like a massive workload. And yeah, like this is like this book looks better than it ever has, and yeah. there's some insane oh, wow. action amazing. action scenes. Uh, there's a brilliant revenge moment for one of the Great. characters. Um, it's like brilliant and gory and like just just awesome. It's and such then, a good book. And then there are just these sweet fucked up moments between our main character and her and her and boyfriend. boyfriend. It's just great. I love it. And then you yeah. have like the grandmaster around and like, holy yeah. shit, man, it's such a good series. Uh, everyone should read this at some point in their lives. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, the, it's a genuinely exceptional comic. The first, the, I say the first series is collected in trade and on the shelves at King's. You should pick that up first, obviously. Yeah. Do not read this without, without reading the first volume. No, that would be dumb. Uh, Black Hammer 45, uh, for the, the little mini series written by Jeff Lemire with Ray Fawkes, Matt Kent, Charlene Kent and Murray Enger. Um, which was all about... It was a World War II st- uh, story mm-hmm. uh, featuring uh, various characters um, kind of... I, don't, I, I couldn't work out the link to... This is, this is like yeah. the, the least essential spin-off series of, in the Black Hammer universe Agreed. so far. Um, I enjoyed it as a war story. I didn't enjoy it as something in this universe. Yeah, I thought it was like fine. Yeah. Um, Did you know World War II was bad? Look, I really... Turns like, out it was bad. I love Matt Kinn's art. Um, and yeah, I don't know if it's super suited the story, but um, I, don't know, I definitely think that like that, that, that that's some great shit. Him yeah. drawing like yeah, frantic that's plane, true. that's true. Plane fight, dog fights in the air. That's that's good shit. But uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I think this this is this is a very strong issue. But um, I, this is definitely a, a skippable uh, Black Hammer yeah. universe thing. It'll probably become relevant at some point. You got to assume. But, yeah, totally. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, right this second. Inessential. There's a few like weird tie-ins. Like one character goes on to start weird industries, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then there was obviously what's his name, Abraham Slam, showed up in one of the issues. But beyond that, it doesn't really feel tied into the main series at all. And the, besides the name, but they seem to have yeah. no connections to that character or the Hammer either. Yeah, yeah. Weird. <coughs> Did you read Five Years yet? Um, yeah, yeah. Holy shit, Terry Moore. This is the uh, coming together of all of his characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so from Strangers in Paradise. Rachel Rising, um, Echo, Echo, and Motor, Motor Girl, Girl. Um, and there's five years left until the world ends, unless our characters from all of these different um, books come together and p- try to stop it. And this book was all about um, the characters from, um, oh fuck, Echo, from Rachel Rising. From Echo. Oh, really? Sorry, Rachel Rising. My bad, Rachel Rising. Yeah, yeah. I haven't even read it, and I knew that. Um, yeah, I'm pregnant. It's fine. <laughs> um, and. Uh, it was so grim and and such a bummer, yeah. but I loved it. But it still it still had moments of sort of um, humor, I would say. Yeah, totally. So like, yeah, Zoe is like this um, girl who in the fifties was uh, inhabited by a demon for fifty years. Okay. And the demon had her kill hundreds of people mm-hmm. over the decades. And in in uh, Rachel Rising, quite early on, they get they rid her of the demon, and she's just like this girl who. Is just stays forever young mm-hmm. who has killed because of a demon and now loves killing. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, this, this, this had that had her and um, the main character from Rachel, sorry, the Rachel, Rachel herself uh, trying to track down uh, some names that could hopefully help stop the end of the world. Mm. Um, I just loved how like contained it is. We haven't seen any of these characters interacting together yet, even though the front cover clearly shows the gorilla from Motor Girl um, helping Zoe up a mountain with a bomb. And also, like, I mean, as someone who hasn't read Rachel Rising or Echo, it's still totally accessible and enjoyable. Like, yeah. there were definitely things that went over my head, for sure, but um, it's still entirely possible to enjoy this, even if you're just a Strangers in Paradise fan. 
this was yeah. I mean, what's cool about all of these comics coming together is that like Strangers in Paradise is like a, a romance slash uh, spy spy book. <laughs> um, Echo is uh, an action book. Mm-hmm. Um, Rachel Rising is a horror book, mm-hmm. and then um, Murder Girl is a drama about PTSD with aliens in it. Mm. Um, and uh, I like that they haven't really betrayed the tone of any of these franchises in bringing them all together. Yeah, yeah. Just good shit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so finally from IDW, I read Ghost Tree, issue number two, written by um, Bobby Kerno with Simon Gain on art, colors by Ian Herring with Becca Kinsey. This is about um, a man who returns to his home in Japan and finds that he can talk to his dead grandpa and also ghosts. Um, yeah. Is, so are you still enjoying this one? <coughs> yeah. I love Simon Gain's art. And the story is like, it's quaint, um, but it's, it's, it's good. Hmm. It's like um, he's able to talk and hang out with uh, his uh, his old love who is now dead, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and there is something something wrong in the ghost world that looks like he's going to have to you know help, um, so these ghosts don't die again. Cool, um, it's fun, nice. it's nice, it's a, it's a sweet little book. It looks brilliant. The art, I just I, I love Simon Gaines' art. Look how good it is. Just, Why would you care if ghosts died again? Because then you can't talk to them anymore. I don't know. Okay. Or they get they get sent somewhere that isn't nice. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. I'm glad I'm glad I won you over to this. Ghost the people too, Siobhan. Prove it. Uh, that's it. Great. Those are all the books I read. I've been reading heaps of manga too. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about it. What have you been enjoying? I read The Promised Neverland. Okay. Which is like a uh, a horror, a teen horror uh, manga. It's almost like what if Runaways was a horror book. Okay. But also they live on like orphan farms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like they have these orphans that are like that live on farms where they're tested constantly, and it's it's like the first fifty-ish chapters are about them escaping, and then after they do, it's about how what what the rest of the world is like, mm. and it's it's really really fun. Um, cool. That's that's on that's a that's a Shonen Jump one. I've pretty much just been burning through heaps of Shonen Jump manga. I read this awesome one about um uh, not on. I should look up what it is. Can you look up um, uh, house house house? What's what's a male housewife? House husband. House husband. <laughs> house husband. Yakuza. Why did that both take us so long? House husband. Yakuza manga. Um, and so this is one that I've been reading. It's it's coming out through Viz later in the year. Goku the, the way of the, of the house husband. Yeah, and it's about like someone who used to be a, a, like a very high up member of the yakuza, the yakuza, um, and he now has given it all up to become a house husband. And it's like a goofy comic strip manga. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just like him, like bumping into like old people from like you know his crime background while he's going to like cooking demonstrations or trying to make it to a sale, and like. It's just so up your alley. You yeah, that sounds amazing. That sounds so fun. And so it's like him. It looks he's, great. He's got oh, the art's fantastic. He has all. He he looks like a like a like a villain, but he wears an apron. Ah, that's so good. <laughs> and uh, it's super fun. So when that comes out through Viz, I uh, definitely recommend picking that up. Yeah. Oh man, Viz, huh. Viz are doing such good shit. Um, and then I, I read all of um, a book called Demon Slayer. Okay, that De- familiar. Demon Slayer just got turned into an anime um, this year. Okay. Um, and Demon Slayer is a book about um, a family in like like a few hundred years ago in Japan mm-hmm. living up in a mountain. And uh, the eldest boy goes down the mountain to uh, do some work so that he can bring some uh, money back to the family. And when he returns, a demon has uh, slayed 
his mother and his brothers and sisters, ex- except for one sister who has been turned into a demon. Oh, no. So he tries to keep her from eating humans. Cool. And, um, and keep basically have her hold on to her human side. And then also he becomes a demon slayer mm. with a special sword. And so it is a very, very good book. Mm. Um, and yeah, so I'm reading those concurrently now. It is so fun. Every Sunday, the Shonen Jump app gets updated. Mm-hmm. And every month I have like two new series added to the list. of. So I have like eight ongoing series. I'm reading mm-hmm. like the new Samurai book by the um, guy who created Naruto. Okay. Um, which, is, which is really, it's interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, it's getting better and better. It's like a lot of crazy high concept ideas with br- brilliant art. Um, man, that app is just the fucking best thing that happened in my life. <laughs> it's so you good. Have two children, man. Oh, uh, sure. But they know Shonen Jump app. That's what you will call your third child, Shonen <laughs> on, Jump on app. On Sunday, I get woken up by them, <laughs> and then I get sick because I haven't had enough sleep. <laughs> Shonen Jump app doesn't do Babies, that. Babies, <laughs> that's true. Um, I read now, I've read 19 out of 22 volumes of 20th Century Boys. Fuck yeah, that's awesome. And... Uh, so my friend Trish gave me 19 volumes, wow. um, which I've now passed on to another person. That's to amazing. Keep, keep the cycle going. So but you have to track down the last one. Yeah, now I have to track down three final volumes of a series which is not in print and is currently Fuck. being reprinted in these like really cool oversized um, oh, they're so nice, volumes, aren't they? yeah. which I recommend picking up because 20th Century Boys is a fucking incredible man. It is so good. It's like this crazy. I don't know if I've talked that much about the plot or if I've just got it's amazing, it's amazing, it's amazing. But it's about these kids. In the 70s, yep. who um, they have like a cool clubhouse and their, their leader of their gang is called Kenji. Mm-hmm. And they um, play this game um, where they make up this book called the Book of Prophecy. Right. And then as adults, there's this scary cult or there's this group that are run by this guy called The Friend and they're called The Friends. And um, slowly all of the prophecies from the Book of Prophecy start coming true. Right, and they realize that it's someone who was in their gang when they were kids. Shit. Yeah, right. And, so, so, I've, I've and no- they have to take him down, but then it jumps forward into the future again, and they've been um, blamed with all the horrible shit that happened in two thousand, and they're seen as terrorists. Uh, man, it's like it's so good. It's so fucking good. Urasawa yeah. is so great. It's unbelievable. Is this, what other Urasawa books have you re- so, recommended over the years? Pluto, Pluto is like yeah, Monster, oh, yep. Master Keaton. Okay, those, that's that's all the stuff that, I, as far as I know, is available in print in English. Yep. Um, and I would just get anything with his name on it. Like he's fucking incredible. So Everything good. he does is exceptional. Oh um, yeah, if you want to get the, uh, I think they call it the perfect edition. Yeah. The um, I have the perfect editions of um, Monster, which I think is of a similar length. Okay, right, sure. Um, and that's a really like that's a, just a straight up serial killer sort of thriller mm-hmm. um 20th century boys is sort of a i don't even know what how you would categorize it but it's it's so good clever. shit good shit some extremely good shit if you yeah, if you want to check them out they're like they're like 30 bucks in australia each of the perfect editions um and we've got them at king's at king's or you can get them at madman.com.au yeah they do a ton of great manga on the madman website too yeah and regular sales too so definitely check out madman.com.au um i've also gone back and i've been rereading seven soldiers of victory have you read that yeah of course yeah. love that good. so good Who, what's your Man. favorite character within that this is um, grant it's morrison so hard. grant morrison there's seven different like i mean the most well-known character who's in the seven is zatanna yeah um, and then there's like some just complete weird niche. Yeah, it's like Clarion, the Witch Boy, the Guardian, the Bullet, the Bullet. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and it, but and I think there's four issues each. Yes. Each so they're character. all these like four issue miniseries, and they're the the kind of fun idea is that they're all fighting the same villain without knowing it. So they're kind of a superhero team that never teams up. Yeah. Um, 
but like the artist that he worked with on that was so amazing. Like the Zatanna series is all Ryan Sook and yep. it's like yeah, it's the it's best so Zatanna's ever looked and it's so good. Like the first little the story that's in the first two issues where she accidentally summons her perfect man who's like an evil demon who takes the form of whatever she wants. She's like, Oh my god, I'm so fucked up. Um but it's just yeah, it's exceptional. I really recommend um it's available I think in like two big trades and it's super worth tracking down yeah. it's so satisfying it's so enjoyable I love the Guardian stuff as well with um, Cameron Stewart did yeah, the interiors man, I wish Cameron Stewart did mine that's what I was trying to remember yeah um, and then there was yeah Clarion is Fraser III. Irving yeah Pascal Ferry is on Mr. Miracle oh, Mr. Miracle there you go yeah um, and, but it's, uh, it's the different Mr. Miracle it's not um, Scott Free right um, and then yeah the Bulleteer is Yannick Paquette that's right and Frankenstein oh that's that's probably my favourite actually with Doug Mankey on art on that one and then there's like a bookend, like zero issue and a first issue mm-hmm. that go you read before and after you read all the miniseries. And that has art by J.H. Williams III. Yeah. It's so, like, it's one of my favorite things that Morrison has ever done. That's so good. Superhero-wise. What, what, what else is next in your Morrison reread? Um, I've been dipping in and out of his JLA run as well. Just, like, a couple of issues here and there. That's mm-hmm. very enjoyable. Um, I want to do else? Filth. I've never done that. The, the, his uh, one, the one he wrote about porn. Oh, I don't think I've read that. I don't think I've even seen that. I have like a, like a while ago that Vertigo did a big sale on Comixology and I just bought everything that Grant Morrison had yeah, ever yeah, done. Yeah. So once a year I'm like, oh yeah, maybe I will read all of... I've still never done all the Invisibles. I should do that. Yeah, you know, I've started trying to read the Invisibles and it is... Because I have the big omnibus. Yeah. Um, which is like the most annoying way to read comics ever. Yes. Because it's like I can't take that on the fucking bus, can I? Um, and it's like... A, it's a it's a, it's a a dense, heavy read. But I really want to... I want to... It's that, that era of Justify vertigo. its space on my shelf. <laughs> that era, era of vertigo. I think it, take, it takes like a few issues and then suddenly it clicks and you're like, oh, yeah. no, no, I'm, I'm used to reading these books like this now. Yeah, totally. But yeah, it is like it, it's wordiness on a level that is... Yeah, no, like yeah. I mean the first issue references the like, um, you know, like a like the anarchist writer Kropotkin. That's right, of course. Yeah, yeah. I was like, man, Morrison, you're crazy. I love you. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Well, um, Siobhan, all the best for uh, the next few weeks. Thanks. Uh, everyone, right now, just cross your fingers um, and, 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 and pray to whichever deity you pray to um, that uh, Siobhan has quick labor. Yeah. Um, That's, my concern is that it's going to be too quick. Oh, okay. That's what I'm mostly concerned about. <laughs> <laughs> I know that sounds insane, but I don't want them to like shoot out of me like a fucking bullet. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay, so that's we'll, we'll pray that that I doesn't happen. I only just made it to the hospital last time. Right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and uh, I think yeah, for the next uh, at least one month, um, yeah. we'll give you a, like uh, as, as soon as Siobhan lets me know that she is keen to read and talk about comics again. Yes. The uh, the, the, the this will come back as a, on a monthly basis. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely not going to let it go away completely. I'm, I'm still. I, I can't read things without talking about them now. <laughs> Even if that means talking to myself, I will do it. So, uh, Serious Issues will exist uh, as a monthly podcast um, yeah. while Siobhan's taking some time off. And chances are I'm still going to be reading anyway. I know you Because will, yeah. I just have no self-restraint. Great. Great. Um, no. But at least, hey, at least this podcast is a lot less of a uh, workload for yeah. us these days. So, yeah. yeah. Thanks God. for being so understanding, guys. <laughs> Um, uh, so thank you so much for listening um, if you do want to support the podcast um, we give you very little in return now but there's a bunch of bonus <laughs> <coughs> bunch of bonus uh, episodes that you can access uh, should you want to you know, make a one time donation to our Patreon just to say thanks uh, mm-hmm. for, you know, for the free entertainment um, we would appreciate it patreon.com slash series podcast um, there's a whole bunch of bonus material that we put there we did an awesome um, episode all about Saga which we've never made available to, um, to all other listeners yeah 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 um, it's probably one of the best things we've ever done actually mm. 
Um, and uh, yeah, it's just a nice way to say thank you if you feel inclined to do so. Yeah. Patreon.com slash Serious Issues Podcast. There's probably be about 10 hours of bonus uh, episodes to listen to if Easily. you're missing your Siobhan and Lev Dog fix. Um, but if you would like to uh, chat with us about comics, um, I'm sure Siobhan won't be able to pull herself away from Facebook. No. Even if there was a, def- uh, a thing that turned you into a zombie. Like in deceased, um, <laughs> but yeah, we are. We have a Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash groups. Are we all serious zombies? You know mm. what I'm saying. Serious is podcast, of course. <laughs> um, thank you so much for listening, um, and thanks to Kings Comics for giving us these comics to read to talk about. Again, come find them, kingscomics.com, 403 George Street. Siobhan, all the best thank for you. this little dude to come cheers. out. Appreciate uh, it. I want to come out at about 15 kilometers now. Cheers. Okay. I think that's achievable. Manageable. Manageable. <laughs> thanks so much. See you next time. Thanks, guys. Bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.